we're two fully functioning grandpas right now using using these computers, using these interfaces. I mean, uh, I I quite literally had to swap over to the Epoch Cam or Epocam or whatever you you call it. Uh, it does does my picture look much crisper, much cleaner, much more? No, you look like you look like <laughs> half a notch above. God like eight bit eight bit predator vision on my end. Uh, okay, I'm sure it's gonna look great. Yeah, uh, when it's when it's output, but whatever I'm seeing looks like you're not even at like Turbo Graphics 16. Yeah, you're, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. If it's any consolation to you, John, you look the same way. You look real, <laughs> real, real bad. So. Looking, looking, looking like a top, top flight <laughs> yeah. edition of Mario Paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like any of the interfaces from those mid '90s uh, action blockbusters where you, there's like video mm-hmm. conferencing on a desktop computer, and it's right. just that like not pixelated, but just terrible quality. I don't know. I don't even know yep, how yep. to. Well, anyways. Uh, now that now now that we've grandpaed our way through the first few minutes of of the record, let's let's actually do our our post season F one podcast our our podcast here, Johnny. Let's do it, baby. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our podcast about Formula One. We'll be continuing to talk about F1, even though the season's over. This is the end of the season. But uh, I am one of the hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I am an improviser, writer, comedian out here in still somewhat sweltering hot Los Angeles. Even Jesus. though after. Yeah, it's we're getting very close to December. <sighs> What's up? This is John Lapore. I am a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, automotive, and all sorts of other silly stuff. Uh, all right, so we're one week out from the end of the 2022 season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how? How? Just in general, how are you feeling about you know the transition from the season into the off season? Uh, I'm still feeling pretty good. Still, still feeling like I'm coming down off of just the most mind-bending trip of all, where I, I kind of feel as though did we just have a real F1 season? Was it as exciting as I remember it? Was was it was it as like as thrilling as I think it was? Is is all the drama and hype that's kind of like hanging in the air is that was that all worth it was that all a thing that happened uh and i think yes yes i think all of that stuff happened it's all worth it and the drama is continuing to to spew out into the social media sphere uh or what's left of it uh it's yeah it's, yeah so what yeah. what do we got going on as we're you know we're we're just barely a week out of the season and what's been the biggest thing happening in the world of f1 this week so it is now almost certain it has not been officially announced but it is almost certain that we will be losing Matteo bonato of Ferrari. We will be losing him. He'll be stepping down or announcing his resignation soon. And this, of course, has created just the most beautiful rumor mill 
what we had discussed this before, and and I, I do mm-hmm. realize that like Jean Todt and uh, like and like there there have been non-Italian uh, like principles of Ferrari, but I was just saying as far as like the current climate within Italy with its like nationalistic <laughs> tendencies, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if the press would be up for this, but it looks like Fred Vasseur is still in the the running for the the main spot there at Ferrari but there's also just recently within the past couple of days been rumors swirling around Ross Braun's return to Ferrari what yeah. i haven't heard that that's, so yeah that would that's be that's kind of crazy that would be massive so the the whole thing with with Russ Braun is for for people who aren't familiar with him he is the managing director of formula 1 up until this year so at abu dhabi part of the like the thing that kind of went under the radar was his announcement that he was stepping down as managing director of f1 so that means he no longer has a job but he did not announce his retirement which absolutely interesting perfectly leaves it open for him to come back in as the former technical director of Ferrari during the Schumacher years and literally Braun GP, the man who brought us Braun GP that now has evolved into Mercedes AMG. There's a chance that this man could show up as the team principal of Ferrari. And it's, you know, there's one of the reasons that Bonato is being sacked or being asked to step down or is leaving or whatever is the fact that Ferrari hasn't performed. But another big reason, and this is something that like the Italian press and the German press have been been squawking about quite a bit uh, and squawked about a lot when this announcement was made, but when Mick Schumacher left the young drivers program at Ferrari, that was a huge blow to mm-hmm. Ferrari. And a lot of people were like, hey, we know you're not having a great season. At least we have Mick. At least we have like the person who brought glory to Ferrari, right? Like the person who like rekindled the Tifosi's passion for Ferrari and the sniff of the championship was in reach with Charles and Carlos. And there was a promising young prospect of Mick Schumacher driving for Haas. Yeah. And now that he has left Haas, Toto has absolutely stepped up and been like, hey, there's a place for Schumacher at Mercedes. He's a part of this pedigree. He should be here. And there's a good chance that that's where Mick's going to end up. And a lot of Ferrari fans and the Italian press are pissed at Bonato for losing him. So not just coming up short this season, but also losing a Schumacher who was in the fold, who was coming up through their program and was going to basically be the person... Once Charles has completed his duties and once Carlos has completed his duties, there was it was almost an understanding that Mick was going to end up at Ferrari. So now that he's not a part of that driver's program anymore, that's a huge blow to Ferrari's ego. That's a huge blow to the Tifosi. So bringing back Braun, right? Bringing back Russ Braun brings back the man who helped Michael to all of his championships, the, the, the literal yep. technical director the strategy chief, the person who hired strategy into Ferrari again, hired these strategists and like created a monster of a strategy machine at Ferrari. If he shows back up, that could bring Schumacher back into the fold and will also absolutely 
make it much more reasonable to have strategists come back into Ferrari. Uh, so okay, so Corey, yeah, what, I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. I'm you, hearing this for the first time. I know, I know. Right this now. is a lot. This is a lot. Yeah, and my mind is reeling. Um, where is this falling on the rumor scale? Where is is this like? It's it's fresh. This is brand new. This is okay. this is something that just came up probably within the past like twenty four hours or so. Uh, I, I heard someone mention it. Someone it popped up on Twitter, and then there are some people who are also talking about it and kind of connecting the dots. This is a lot of like tinfoil hat stuff too. Yeah, yeah. This seems like this could be a wild conspiracy theory, but yeah. boy, would I love to imagine. This because to me, this is like there's a bunch of different stars that align here, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, with the history um, between Ross Braun yeah. and Ferrari. But also, it's like worth noting, like Ross Braun, he is the like he is the Phil Jackson of Formula One. He yes. is. Yeah. The just like an absolute master. Yeah. And. I do, you know, to me, there's always this fascinating sensation that we see of greats um, escalating their way out of a sport, Mm -hmm. you know, retiring at their absolute peak, knowing that they've retired at their absolute peak, which is exactly what you want to do. Like, that's exactly how you want to play it. And then they still can't help it and they need another taste. Yeah. And they come back to get back into it just because they're just that passionate about it. And I mean, you know, uh, to me, when I think of that, I think of two specific scenarios. I think of, you know, Michael Jordan coming back out of retirement wearing Mm -hmm. the number 45. And I think of Michael Schumacher coming back out of retirement and driving for the Mercedes team. Yeah. Uh, for Ross Braun, strangely (laughs) enough. Yep. Uh, and, then I also just think of this idea of like, there's a lot of good going on at Ferrari. Yes. It would appear as though they have an incredible car. Yeah. It would appear as though they have uh, an ace driver. I would even say two ace drivers. Yes. Uh, one of One of which is almost certainly a championship contender if not perhaps both of them and the there's just you know there's just a bunch of weird stuff going on behind the scenes that they're tripping over themselves and that is like that is the perfect fit for Ross Braun to come in and for Ross Braun himself to see that and to see like this is a chance for me to you know come out of retirement and not like come out of retirement just to desperately scratch my itch with mm-hmm. the Washington Wizards, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. But to but to maybe actually be set up to come out and like do it again and like relive the glory days of, you know, what, 18 years ago? Like, yeah. Well, there's also, there, so there is, there is a catch and you just mentioned that there are, two drivers at Ferrari that we could, I think anyone within reason could look at Carlos Sainz and be like, that is a potential championship winner for sure. He's got the skills. He just needs to kind of show up a little bit better within the race. He does lack in the race uh, versus Charles, but he is a solid 
race driver and he could potentially yeah. win a championship the way that the the Ferrari used to be run the way that Ferrari used to run things is they had a driver that they developed around which ultimately yeah that becomes the number one driver at the team and Ferrari has been adamant about we will not have a number one and a number two driver we will not go back to those like days where literally we talked about Rubens and Michael like we had drivers at Ferrari where they would not they were not good uh at like being like yeah yeah we treat both of our drivers equally they absolutely will defer to one driver and if we get when we lose Bonato that's almost certainly a culture that we will lose we will lose this Mm -hmm. idea of like we will develop around both drivers but Maybe that's Ross Ross Braun like taps back into the like Enzo Ferrari uh mindset and yeah comes to the table and just says, I just want to let it be known. Uh at dinner tonight, uh Carlos, uh you're going to be enjoying a stale yeah. dinner roll. Yeah. And uh Charles, you get garlic bread with a nice warm ribbon of mozzarella flowing through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still no actual protein. Because uh, <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, you can have milk. Uh, you can have like dairy, but you can't actually have like any chicken or steak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that, that's that's yeah. There's a chance that we will get the the Ferrari if of you, old. If you if you win the race, we turn the flavor on in the in the food. Yeah, exactly. It's my, it's yeah. my my Andor that Andor reference. reference. Yes, yes. Oh, what a what a great show that is. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, there's there's a very good chance that we will see kind of the old school Ferrari style of of running a team, and that you know, because we had he was the technical director, he was the man who the strategists used to have to answer to when they failed Michael on track. So yeah, there there absolutely will be a different. like style of holding people accountable at Ferrari that shows back up regardless of who takes over that team. It's going to be a different, it's going to be a cultural shift. I imagine it's an organization that at this point just is like craving discipline a little bit. Right. You know, like I'm, I, I, I just imagine things are so far off the rails that for like Ross Braun to like come in on the first day and just be like, all right, guys, there's going to be a bunch of things you're not used to that. Ever, and he'd be like, why, why is everybody smiling? Exactly. Yeah. This is supposed to be terrifying. Why are you all like looking super he's, eager and I, excited and inspired right now? Like he's going to show up and the first day and the first day, the the mandate will be you are no longer allowed to end radio communications with the word question. That's it. Yeah. That no. Yeah. If that's done, we're done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And everyone at Ferrari's like, "Thank God! Oh my God! Thank you!" <laughs> we were getting so weirdly sick of that, and it was like a joke. Uh, I mean, it literally became a meme format. Of uh, I look okay. forward to the. I look forward to the. You know the the film uh, documentary of this where there's like mm-hmm. a montage of him like you know saying you know to the team and like and how many tires do we change during a pit stop uh and wait so how many tires do we change how many tires do we bring out of the garage so it should be the same it shouldn't be two different numbers there uh that's i think there's a good chance that we will get if if we see 
Braun show back up at Ferrari, we will have him as not like a dictator, but we will see a cultural shift at Ferrari that is almost certainly needed. Uh, but there, there's also, that's not like the only thing that we were, we're concerned with here that were that, that was drama filled that still kind of is, is like a, a bleeding, uh, like a bleeding story from, from the end of this season. And that is Daniel Ricardo has now, completely signed with Red Bull. He is going to be the mm-hmm. number 3 driver. He's going to be the reserve driver. He's going to be the so, testing yeah, it's driver. It's called it's been called a reserve driver mm-hmm. up until the beloved Daniel Ricardo takes the role and now he is now he is the third the third driver. driver. And what is what is being said is that the reason that Daniel Ricardo was announced so hurriedly the reason why Helmet couldn't keep his mouth shut and had to mention that Daniel Ricardo was going to be the driver was that was in the wake of Brazil. And that is what's being said. He's gotta gotta shut up Checo. Gotta it's, keep his mouth shut and yep. get him in line because it's clearly, and I mean, you know, we hear it over the radio. It is Max Verstappen is the team principal. Mm-hmm of of red bull the team is absolutely orbiting around him yeah he made he made a disastrous fool of himself the team and his own teammate in the most miserable way yeah but the team is still going to bend over backwards for him and if yeah checo's gonna come out against him you know they're they're gonna be uh leveraging a little little Danny Rick, you know, hovering over his shoulder. Daniel Ricardo is the elf on the shelf. He is for yeah. for Checo Perez watching his every move. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what we're that is what is being speculated and that is clearly the message that's being sent. Like if we as the the audience, we as the fans are getting a sniff of that, then you better believe that I mean, like, I, I think it's brilliant intended. Yeah. I, I think it's brilliant bringing Danny Rick into the team, even just as like a promotional uh, mm-hmm. force, right? Like he's just great for media in general and to have him at the track every weekend. Agreed. With that team and just, you know, like that. I, I, I think the cameras will still gravitate towards him. Everyone's going to want to talk to him and, and get him to weigh in on everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's And it's kind of fascinating. I mean, I think Formula One has enough heat on it that even these people that are effectively sitting on the bench are going to be drawing some attention and we're going to have kind of two bench stars uh, next season, one being Daniel Ricardo, the other being Mick Schumacher. Uh, I did not even realize that uh, Kubica was uh, sitting on the bench all season. Uh, I had no idea, like didn't see him once I know. at any point. Um but yeah, it's it's fascinating to see that. And I also look forward to the fact that like, you know, with him hanging out, uh, with Danny Rick hanging out in the Red Bull pit, that means that any time that Checo makes a mistake on track, the like the F1 camera director is going to be like, okay, cut to Daniel Ricardo's reaction. 
Yeah. Let's see if he's let's see if he's grinning. Let's see what's going on there. Yeah, there's no way that they're not going to immediately be asking Danny Rick as many different leading questions, as many different mm-hmm. questions that are kind of holding Checo's feet to the fire uh, as possible. And and you're right. I think it's going to be if if you want if you need a PR coup which Red Bull absolutely needs right now. They desperately need a good PR move, a good PR win. This is what this is what you do. You put Danny Ricardo in a position to go out there and be in front of cameras and do donuts and do all the stunt things that you would never ever see Max Verstappen do and that they wouldn't necessarily ask Checo to do because he's not their number one driver so it's it's a it's a win-win for red bull hiring danny ricardo was a win-win as as third driver slash social media administrator like yeah Yeah. slash for for sure slash you know uh minder for checo like he's going to constantly yeah he, he and that's almost certainly within the contract that that was inked was like hey if if checo's you know, if, if his record starts to slip and we put you in a free practice and you end up putting up times that are better than Checo, then just know that like... I mean, the reality of it is just like if Max breaks Checo, you're you're in, buddy. And yeah. so Danny Rick's got to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll take this seat. Well, he also right? has... Yeah, absolutely. And he also has, I think, he has the backbone at this stage in his career to not tolerate any of like the bullshit that comes with being a number two with Max Verstappen, right? With with him as your teammate. So does this mean that Danny Rick it now it now uh behooves him to be like going up to Checo and just being like, Hey, you gonna take that from Max? Did you hear? <laughs> just being Did a, you see that? A little pot stir coming up like, oh yeah, yeah get in there, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I could see Max Checo. Checo seemed to. I think he was brushing up against your girlfriend in the, at the you know, at the dinner the other night. Yeah, so, uh, I could, I could see there, there being, there being a wedge, easily driven between these two drivers who already clearly have a wedge driven between them. I mean, that's that's like the situation that we're looking at. It's the situation that's been bubbling up for the second half of the season. Was just. Checo not yeah. enjoying his number two spot uh, as yeah. much as he was in the first half of the season. Uh, so yeah, those are those are two two huge stories that have continued to. Let me just circle you know. back to Matea for a second. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. up with this? Why isn't this official yet? Like, why is there like it, there was on Tuesday? Was it? It was basically like called out like. With a with a hundred percent certainty, yeah, Matea is being fired today. You know, announcement will be here, like you know, within the hour, and nothing, nothing but came out. Nothing. And this came was of coming it. out everywhere. This was this was absolutely everywhere. Is there any chance that he's sticking around, or you know, being demoted to a different role, or something like that? What's what the hell's going on here? Maybe, but I doubt it. I think that there is, he's just done and they're just setting up whatever severance package, whatever, 
negotiation, yeah. whatever exit interviews that need to take uh, place. Yeah, it's got to get this. You got to get this sorted because just the it's just so painful to have everybody speculating. Yeah. at such a fever pitch. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's really painful. It's upsetting, and it's it's embarrassing if you are Ferrari because this just kind of reinforces that like tricky indecision thing that you've been pinned with all season. <laughs> it's like yep. you got to make a choice here guys and they're not making a choice and it, it yeah it's it's embarrassing and Ferrari needs to make it official maybe it's because they don't have Fred Vasseur or uh or Russ Braun that they don't have either one of those two lined up or they haven't gotten like a firm yes from either one of them so maybe that's what they're waiting on but I I I feel like Ferrari would not be hurt or put in a bad spot because they have such a strong car already. They don't they're and they're entering this season of development with the Ferrari thing, the Ferrari prize that they get at the end of every season, so they they're going to be yeah. fine. They've got the money, they've got the money to hire people, they've got the the staff that will support whoever shows up, especially if it's someone from a, a previous, you know, administration, then they'll They'll support whoever shows up. Uh, and I think, like you said, they're they're kind of pining for some sort of discipline. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, yep. I think Ferrari needs to just, they could just say he's fired. They could easily just say that. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're not just saying like he's fired and we'll be announcing his successor soon or yeah. something like that. There's so much time between oh, now yeah. and even winter testing because it's not because it's not going to like shake anyone's confidence no. that they're firing this guy like they're not going to be like oh my gosh what the, what's the team going to do without a leader in place like everyone's going to be like cool let the let the janitors run the place for a little while <laughs> yeah. uh you know uh, <laughs> yeah. like, just but, but man what a what a like shot in the arm yeah it would be even just uh even just to the press and to the supporters and whatnot uh, for Ross Braun to come back in. It would, it would that would immediately yeah. get Christian Horner sweating and uh, yeah, it'd be very exciting to, to see. And even interesting because, you know, he's, he played a, a critical role at, at Mercedes through several of their championships mm-hmm. as well. And well, also think about it. Like, like you said before, kind of having uh, Jordan coming out of retirement, like this could be a chance for Braun to go, hey, I was managing director of Formula One and oversaw the most successful regulation changes ever. Now I'm going to go clean things up at Ferrari, the the one team that is kind of synonymous with Formula One uh, and is synonymous with Formula One history. And yeah. I'm going to go back in and go from like, a technical director to showing back up as someone who minds the entire store and oversees yeah. everything and really just tightens everything up. Cause there's like we were saying, John, there's not much that Ferrari needs to do other than tighten up their strategy. They just need I to tighten the, up their strategy. I, I think the sport should just leverage brawn in that way where they're just like, <laughs> you know what? Every two years we're going to insert you into the t- into whatever team yeah. as the Winston Wolf fixer yep. to come in and just sort things out, get everything solved, and help like rebalance the the field of competitors a little bit. Exactly, not not for any one team, but 
because it's it's just good for the sport. Because it's genuinely because it is good for the sport. I mean that man yeah. that man's involvement with Formula One is good for the sport. It's it's creating mm-hmm. it's created multiple legacies. Like his his actions have created multiple legacies, and not just legacies of his own, but legacies that have been kind of formed and determined by others just because of their close proximity to Braun, right? So, I mean, literally, you've got Jensen Button, right? Like, that dude would not be the legend within the sport, would not be the go-to expert commentator when they're like, hey, we need to talk to a driver. Yeah, it's great to have Jack Aiken on as a reserve driver. It's great to have Jolian Palmer on, right? It's great to have... It's it's not great to have Nico on, but like you know, it's it's helpful to have Nico on, but to have someone like Jensen Button show up and commentate yeah, no, it's on all, something, it's is, all thanks to it's all thanks that's, to that's Braun. Yeah, like if without Braun, um, he would be nothing. Not sorry, I don't mean that. I, that's very disrespectful. I don't think Jensen Button <laughs> would be as famous and as much of like a pillar. He wouldn't. Of the he sport. wouldn't be a. He wouldn't be a champion period no um all right so uh elsewhere in the sport mm-hmm. we had some postseason testing the postseason testing because it's with effectively the exact cars we've been running all season mm-hmm. the testing is that focused around tires is it also for acclimating drivers who have changed seats to their new teams. Yeah. What is the so, what is the the like immediate right after the final race postseason testing all about? So I believe technically the testing that happens in Abu Dhabi right after the the championship or right after whatever circuit holds the championship, they will have drivers on that circuit running last year's cars uh, or the the current cars that's Mm -hmm. a young driver's test technically so that is specifically so that these young drivers like logan Sargent, was able to Mm -hmm. go and do some laps in anger in the williams because before this he was like on the razor's edge for getting his super license and the same goes for other people who are in free practice sessions as these development drivers or junior drivers or third drivers uh, or sim drivers for these teams that get called up for these free practice sessions, those cars are cars that are going to be used in the race weekend. So it's like, yeah, get out there, thrash it around. But also, this is like, you know, when, when um, oh, who was driving Max Verstappen's car this past the, at, at Abu Dhabi? And he, like, went over the curbs and, like, broke off some of the floor. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, that's Max Verstappen's car. You, you can't mess this thing up for a race weekend so it's to get the young drivers a little bit more time on track and then they also pair it with the pirelli tire test for next season so they basically run these compounds that have been developed over the past like four or five months like they had those drivers uh not young drivers but they had uh multiple tire tests this past year Uh, i can't remember what circuits Mm -hmm. they had them at but they had them at two separate circuits those were the extended free practice two sessions where they would have to go out and run at the same race uh at the same like race settings every car was dialed in at the same exact way for the same exact tires and then you had to just run those tires so this is a way for the young drivers to not only drive in 
in anger with these cars, but it's also a way for Pirelli to test these tire compounds that have then been further developed throughout the season. And also they all, I think all the cars ran at the ride height that is going to be uh, standardized Mm -hmm. for next season. So it's, it's all towards next season and getting people ready to, to drive the cars next season. Uh, And that's one of the reasons you got, like Lewis Hamilton being like, I'm so ready to never step foot in the W13 yeah. ever again. He was then back in the car doing tire tests the next week. But that's because they need that. And he needs that. Uh, so it, it's it's a paired thing. But it's primarily for the young drivers. Uh, this is one of the things now the Fernando Alonso the, keeps yeah, getting I was into these. Say, <laughs> the the, the yeah. opposite of the young drivers, oldest driver <laughs> on the grid, Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Uh, seeing him in the Aston Martin was yeah. extremely notable to me, but for very superficial reasons, which was that he was in that green mm. Aston Martin and they were running it without any sponsor decals yeah. on the car. So it was just like a purely green, untainted mm-hmm. livery. Yeah. And it looked so beautiful. It looked so good. And it reminded me of like preseason when the car was first unveiled. Yes. And we were we were both smitten by its appearance, but seeing it, especially seeing it like in the raw without sponsor decals all over it to me is is sensational. Yeah, it was, it, was it, it brought back all those feelings that that was mm-hmm. that was definitely what I felt. Uh, also, the reason do you know why they they have to do that? What what they the, so are they not allowed to run sponsors? I just mm-hmm. assumed it was like oh the sponsors aren't you know oh no uh, are, the sponsors don't care because nobody's really watching and and whatnot. Oh no, they they quite literally are not allowed to run. That's the same reason why he's in that like weird digi camo, almost like digital camo helmet. Uh, all mm-hmm. of his sponsors are still tied to his Alpine deal until the turn of uh, the, the new year. So up, okay. in, up until January 1st, a lot of those drivers who have these sponsorship contracts that will be either tied to the car or are tied to their current year, then they're out of contract next year. They're not allowed to run those. So that's why you saw like a couple other drivers did the same thing where like Pierre Gasly couldn't drive with his like full race uniform, like his full like overalls. Mm-hmm. There were some sponsorship logos. He, they made him wear nurses' office clothes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cause, yeah, because yeah, yeah, because uh, you got you you went on the merry-go-round and got through. You, you threw up all over your your nice clothes. Uh, so yeah, that was that was part of uh, that was part of their 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 deal, and it just so happened to line up beautifully and make that that car just look so good. Uh, just seeing it with no badge, no anything except mm-hmm. for like the Aston Martin badge and then like the number 14. Like those yep. are the only things that were on it. Um, that, that was really, really cool. Uh, but the tire, also the times that come out of that tire test are basically meaningless because yeah. they ultimately these drivers are the, the people who like, if you look at like Piastri, his times were better than Lando Norris's and like, yeah it doesn't matter. It's a tire test. It really doesn't. Um, that said, I mean, Piastri's numbers were comparable to Norris's in the same equipment, mm-hmm. running the car at the same speed. Like this is, mm-hmm. we, I think John, we are All right. in addition, All right. in addition to potentially witnessing and, and 
on the horizon, there may be this dark cloud of Red Bull dominance. I really do believe that we are potentially seeing some really, really amazing drives coming up from these two McLaren drivers. I think Piastri is going to show up and... If he doesn't score points on his debut, that's fine. I think that he will continue to score points as a rookie next year in that McLaren. And I think that we are going to see Lando Norris maybe even win a race or two next year. If if that McLaren is solid, Lando's such a good driver. Like, he's so fucking good. Uh, yeah. I, I saw he, he was, like, rated. They I think the race.com did their, like, driver rating and I think he was like number three, like uh, in in the standings, like above wow. Lewis, because uh, he's he's taken that car and absolutely like manhandled that thing into points mm-hmm. positions and into the seventh spot in the in the driver standings. Like he has no right to be there, and he's he's even said this much in interviews. He's like, we have no right to be where we are. We are a mid midfield car. We are not the best of the rest, and. Mm-hmm. he's showing up and making that car look like it's the best of the rest and it's not. So I think that we may see Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri mm-hmm. fighting for poles next year, if not fighting for race wins, maybe, maybe not Piastri, wow. maybe not Piastri. Maybe that, that might be a little bold for a rookie to come in and win in his rookie season. Like that's like, that's Verstappen level stuff. That's Hamilton level stuff. Like, I, I don't know if that's who we're seeing in Oscar Piastri, but I think that, we're seeing a, a very talented driver who's so ready and has been ready for such a long time. And he's going to show up in some hopefully good equipment. I really want McLaren to have a good car next year. I, you know, I'm, I don't know that I'm with you on McLaren making that big of a leap yeah. forward. I, I agree about uh, Lando and I'm curious to see more of Piastri. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I am rising out of my, initial depression of like oh god it's gonna be non-stop verstappen dominance i think there's still a good chance that could happen but i am yeah. i'm feeling pretty optimistic about ferrari um yeah I'm feeling optimistic about mercedes yes and i i mean i would be it would be glorious if we could get into next season with a three-way battle yeah. for the the constructors championship that would be really spectacular i think it's possible and i also would like to say i know we've tread this so many times but i think that if red bull had not gotten five hundred thousand dollars extra catering in 2020 that we would have seen a much more even keeled like at least a battle a two-way battle for the constructor's title a two-way battle for the championship uh and maybe even well i yeah maybe even a three-way battle uh i'd like to think that the you know the red bull team had to basically like shut down all spending completely mm -hmm. in the you know final act of this season just to make sure that they didn't breach the cost cap two years in a row yeah um and i'd like that's a big old tbd yeah that's a big tbd um and and i would like to think that that you know somehow inhibits them a little bit going into next season as well hopefully hopefully uh but i think that this is also something that uh peter windsor was mentioning that if if 
the championship, if this race had gone the way that it was supposed to have gone last year, Lewis Hamilton would have won behind the safety car. He would have been an eight-time world champion. This year, Red Bull still would have dominated. Max still would have won the championship. So it's that thing where it's like, ah, I, I, yes, of course, I want to see Hamilton win as many championships as possible and then Chuck Deuces retire on top and then just be like, no one's ever going to match my 10 world championships, right? Like, I would love to see that. And then come back out of retirement to drive for Haas. Yeah, to drive for Haas and bring them to a world championship <laughs> when he moves because Lewis will eventually move to the States. Uh, yes. And that, I, I, would lo- I would love to have seen Lewis be able to win an eighth world championship. I still think Max would have won handily this year if mm-hmm. if things hadn't gone so sour at abu dhabi last year I, I, so that that's i think i i agree with that that's one of those things where i'm like oh yeah i mean this year still would have gone mercedes still would have showed up with a car that was bouncing damn near off the road like it wouldn't have mattered mm-hmm. like if lewis had won last year it, the car still would have showed up defective and they would have taken 10 months to get caught up but it, wouldn't I wouldn't have so much acrimonious hatred <laughs> towards <laughs> Christian Horner specifically and then Red Bull as an organization in general um and I I'll, I'll dial back the acrimonious hatred for Red Bull in general but just there's some I there's a lot of dislike uh, that I that I carry for Red Bull that I think that it wouldn't be so much hatred uh if they had just been reasonable yep and not cheated into a championship and also been handed that championship. So it's like this. Yeah. Uh, so sorry to go back into that. I know, I know we've, we've talked about it so much, but it's still a thing. It's still a thing and it has not been rectified and I don't think it ever will be rectified. We'll just, I'll stop talking about it so much eventually. Let me, let me get your, let me get your head out of the past Yeah, 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 and ask you, is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to in the off season that is just beginning? Are there any particular developments? Are there any particular stories or other other aspects of the sport that you're curious to see unfold? Uh, I am very interested to see what happens with Alonso at Aston Martin. That is that is going mm-hmm. to be fascinating to see how quickly he takes over that company <laughs> and yeah. and how quickly he starts to have issues with Lance and Lawrence, right? Like I, I, there's, yep. there's no way that's not coming. And I'm very excited to see that. Uh, I do want to see, we've already started to see it and it's, I think it's part of, I missed it so much at the end of last season and in, in during the holiday break because of, because of what happened. Sorry to go back again, but because of what happened in Abu Dhabi last year, we didn't get to see any of Lewis after that race. Like he just shut down, Mm -hmm. shut everyone out of his life, just was spending time with his family. And that was it. So that was, that was tricky already. There was that video of him driving that R32. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Just watching him be. It was, it was, uh, it was, I got to correct. It was an R34. Oh, it was an R34. R34 okay. Skyline. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Still some speculation as to whether or not it was a four-wheel drive GTR or a rear-wheel drive GTS. Uh, yeah. Re- regardless, it's like one of the coolest things that I've seen 
pop up on any of my timelines yeah. in a long time. This sort of like, and it was like the perfect confluence of every different aspect of this clip. So there's this video mm-hmm. of Lewis Hamilton uh, basically driving around Tokyo at night. Yeah. Ripping donuts and just tearing around in a in a 2000 like 1999 to 2001 generation Nissan Skyline. And when you think of the Skyline, this is what this is the car. It's white. That's it. That if you're thinking of a Skyline, it's the white Skyline that you're thinking of right now. It's it's the white sky. I mean, it's it's and, and it was it was filmed and you know edited together as like a sloppy little like music video that to me felt like it was like a late '90s skateboarding video. Yeah, uh, fisheye camera lens, general quasi legal mischief, mm-hmm. and just you know horsing around. Lewis Hamilton looking more relaxed than I think I've seen him in a very yeah. long time and just ripping around in like, and the choice of the car. It's not like Lewis Hamilton has like a, a purple Pagani Zonda and a La Ferrari and all these other cars, but instead he's in one of the most like cult classic. Yeah. Uh, very niche like JDM Japanese street racer car of cars. An amazing, I mean, just a glorious yeah. choice of a vehicle and just ripping around and having fun and uh, uh, possibly breaking this car yeah, uh, in the process. Yeah, potentially uh, like absolutely destroying the clutch. Uh, at, at yeah. I mean, that's like fingers crossed. It's only the clutch that he destroyed. Uh, but it was, yeah. it that was... That was glorious, and I'm I'm so excited to see more stuff like that over the coming months. Mm-hmm. Just seeing him out in the world, also Lando being on on Instagram with his his account Lando JPJ uh, or JPG. Uh, it's he's doing just so. I love watching him have fun. I really love watching Lando enjoy himself and the people around him enjoy themselves. There's like pictures of Charles that like just at, like having a blast in a club and mm-hmm. just all these other pictures of all these people. And I'm looking forward to seeing Lando go out with the lads and just have a lot of fun with them. But most importantly, I think I have just been missing Lewis just outside of the race season. It's, it's that thing yep. that I, I didn't, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it until I didn't have it last year. And like, just being like, oh, yeah, he still hasn't posted anything. Hmm. I'd like to just see him just, you know, smiling with his family even. Just like little stuff like that I I, I miss so much. And it's going to be great to see him doing all that stuff in the offseason this year. Uh, what do you think about next year, Johnny? What are you what are you what are you looking forward to in the offseason? And then also next year? Uh, so as of, as of this second, I'm looking forward to this insane crackpot Ross Braun mm-hmm. theory, yeah. uh, somehow panning out. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's just wildly exciting God, to me. I hope by the time, um, I hope by the time I edit this and upload it, that there has been like confirmation. Has, oh, that would be, it has, it has it all, uh, imploded. Um, yeah. fingers, fingers crossed there. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be hoping for that. Um, I'm excited for 
those weeks leading up to the beginning of the new season and for that like that sort of like once we're like absolutely starved of the sport and we're so hungry for it and seeing also (laughs) again how that like further amplifies the american fandom what what, what's uh just thinking of like someone i saw someone post about formula e they're like formula e starts in the new year so there'll be a couple of months where you're really looking forward to formula one and there'll be formula e and it's like there's no way it just it does not scratch i'm not it doesn't scratch the same itch it just doesn't so i i'm yeah sorry but no thank you um yep uh i'm very excited to see what what happens with audi to see the the yeah the PR that they roll out and they're they've already hired people they've got people working on an engine mm-hmm. at this point so there's going to be a lot of development over the next couple of years with Audi and I'm really excited to see that because they don't have to necessarily adhere to the same like release dates or media days with F1 right now because yeah. they're still developing their car and it won't be in F1 for another couple of years so I'm yep. really excited to see what they do. Uh, over the course of this year and then also over the course of next season with like yeah, the little promo stuff. We'll, we'll see a continually ramping up sort of hype train mm-hmm. from them um and i think i think all of these things you know american fandom uh new teams new sponsors all of that is going to also be all targeting convergence at at las vegas yeah yeah i'm just thinking now that i think the most aggressive punishment that ferrari could could do could issue to mateo would be to be like okay we are swapping you with fred visor at alfa romeo you are going mm-hmm. to be sauber and then eventually when we are done with your engine when we're done providing you engines you're done <laughs> like that would be the most aggressive thing for them to do yep. they won't do that but i i just feel like that's like that would appease the italian fan base so much if it was i mean i wonder how that works even does like does audi start to like weigh in or say like hey we'll we'll make some suggestions or pump some money into the salary for the person so that we get like a good run-up to our proper beginning in the sport i think because the the team principles are not underneath the salary are not underneath the cost cap i don't think so yeah, yeah. i mean audi it, it would make sense for audi to come in and pad that a little bit yeah or start just sort of like even just getting in the good rate graces yeah of those 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 key principal team members Ooh, um but imagine, also just to try and yeah imagine if braun went and started working for audi like that would also be something yeah, that would just because Audi's been like, we want to show up, and within three years, we want to be vying for championships, which is maybe the most aggressive thing any anyone could do mm-hmm. in when entering F one. It's like a laughable thing that when people come in and they're like, "Well, we're looking to like be competitive within five years." They're like, "You're just saying that so that board members will give you money." There's no way you're going to be competitive in five years, and Audi's like. Yeah, I think we're going to be competing for championships in three years. Uh, of, of within three years of entering the sport, that's the most. That is, I mean, the only way you're going to do that is with the guy that's done that before, yeah. Yeah. which is Ross Braun. It would have to be Braun. You would have to hire Braun for that. There's no other way to make that 
one to be able to see that through and then also to be able to convince your board members that that is even a possibility would be like you have not, to hire the maestro right you have not to, to keep fanboying over brawn but like i still remember specifically like when brawn gp started their first race of the season they had almost no sponsors on the car yeah yeah and they won the championship that year like they dominated yeah not just not yeah not just one not just all over everybody like yeah it was one of those like whoa there's a team they this is a privateer team which is why it got bought by mercedes right it's like they were like holy shit all right we need you we're we're gonna take we'll take all everything you got bring everything you got bring everything you got to us Yep. So I think that that may if if Audi is serious about wanting to win a championship within the next three years, then they would aggressively be trying to get Braun on board. And that could be the Ferrari deal of Ferrari being like, hey, we want you for two years. And and Braun's like, OK, you've got me for 18 months because in 18 months I'm going to start working for Audi and going to start getting them ready for their upcoming season. So. I don't know. This again, we're fanboying and we're absolutely yeah. this wild, is... wild speculation yeah, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. But yeah. But that would be that would be cool as hell to see. Um I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. And we'll there'll be so many other things that are happening uh over the next couple of weeks. And then as the season kind of ends, we'll see a lot less action. These teams may there's there's not a mandatory shutdown, but most of the teams are scaling back and dialing back all of their operations uh, publicly, but privately within their their development, within SIM, within their engineering departments, within the walls and offices and training facilities. They're all they're all going whole hog. They're they're just going for it. So there'll mm-hmm. be a bunch of stuff that keeps on showing up over the next couple of weeks. Also, hey, maybe next week it'll be an all Ross Braun episode because he's the new team principal of Ferrari by the time we release next week. Uh, maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, baby. I'm uh, going I'm going all in on this. Yeah. Uh, I'm this has just changed the last like 45 minutes of my life, Corey. Yeah, John, as soon, when I when I heard it, I was like, "Oh my god. I want to talk to John about this so much. Uh, this is the wildest thing I've ever heard and it makes so much sense and it could oh this could be Christmas. This could be Christmas early. Uh and, the, and these are two Mercedes fans. Like we're like we're not yeah. like yeah. necessarily like yeah, we want Ferrari to dominate, but we would love to see this man back in Formula 1 amongst the teams, right? He's Oh, it'd be pure poetry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh so that's something to look forward to. Um Johnny do you think the stock of F1 went up this week? It is now officially we're in the off season. Do you think it still went up or do you where do you think it's at? We're in the off season and I'm just going to say it went up because uh ESPN released some numbers. Ooh. Um they saw since 2019 mm-hmm. they have uh, almost doubled average viewers uh, to to every race Um, and they've had huge spikes this season in their youngest demographic which for broadcast networks is the most important demographic Mm -hmm. at all times 
uh, the youngest demographic and also the female demographic yes. has spiked upwards. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, uh, that that to me is beautiful. It's good for ESPN. I think they I think they got a killer deal on their yeah. renewal of their contract. I am curious to see if if there is going to be a point at which ESPN shifts from just regurgitating the Sky Sports feed, which I think is probably the best feed worldwide Mm -hmm. and if espn at a certain point decides oh we're gonna staff our own uh feed almost like they used to do back in the the speed network days and and whatnot bring back Um, bob varsha yeah yeah love (laughs) love love me some love me some bob varsha Uh, and particularly some david hobbs yeah Uh, oh those um, two those two are so good together they're so good Oh. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that would be. I don't know. I, I don't know that that would be better than the sky. The sky broadcast, yeah. I think, is like it's top flight. It's great. You know, you get uh, you get some serious heavy hitters on there. But it would be interesting to see ESPN going deeper with it. But yeah, that's uh, uh, to me, that's good for the sport. Yeah. You know that the numbers the numbers are going up, even as the you know excitement is calming at the end of the season what do you think Corey? did the stock go up this week uh i think the stock did go up this week i think because one so this these are these are like my indicators as well and like you've talked about your indicators where if you are like the two of us yeah of course we are obsessive about this stuff it kind of it we our whole worlds outside of like our primary lives are kind of filled with f1 stuff and taking on formula one information and all that uh and i've heard it mentioned multiple times on comedy podcasts that i listen to uh and that's like to the point of where it's like oh people are starting to make fun of it and that's like always a good thing if Mm -hmm. comedians are making fun of f1 then that means it's enough in the zeitgeist that it like is a thing it's a target it's an accessible target i mean this is my business so it's like hey you don't want to make fun of something that's too nuanced right it's one of the reasons why mitch hedberg's comedy was so perfect was because he's like you give me a receipt for a donut why would i ever want a receipt for a donut right we can all identify with that where it's like yeah i'm eating that donut chances are before I even walk out the door, why would I ever need a receipt? It's like that level accessibility of accessibility is what you want in comedy. And that is if F1 is in that world, then that's, that's a good thing. And especially outside of the season that it continues to ramp up more and more and that people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, it's kind of low hanging fruit. Like we can make fun of, I mean, I said this before, I want this to be as big as Monday night football. And the idea that it's not it's never going to be as big as monday night football in this country but the idea that it is low hanging fruit and that comedians are poking fun at it is like that's i also see that in like with monday night football i like to see people in the comedy world making fun of sports in an affectionate way versus in a like oh sports ball or like oh cars yep. are just going in circles it's like yeah uh, yeah i mean you can make those jokes if you really appreciate it, but if you're like, I'm making fun of it because it's like I can't access it, uh, or uh, is like mm, I need, I don't know. It just feels bad. Uh, but that's not what's happening. People are making fun of it in like a fun and loving way, and in an endearing and I, way. So I think it's also worth noting that, like, I'm seeing as you know the the 
there is as we are entering a void of Formula One yeah. for a couple months. I'm seeing the like meme factory fire up and actually start going into overdrive yeah. and the speculation and just like a lot of the social media discussion is actually cranking up a little bit to generate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, relevant Formula One based entertainment for for the fans that are out there. So, oh, yeah, it's, and- uh, you know, we're it, basically this is just my way of saying, like, listen, guys. We're all going to get through this off season yes. together. Yes. Okay. We're going to help each other out. We're going to keep each other abreast of the most, you know, minuscule details that unfold yeah. in the coming months. And we'll, we'll find ways to keep our, our appetites satiated well, for the sport that we love. And let's also leave, uh, uh, we'll, we'll uh, leave, leave it on this, which is Lewis was interviewed uh, this past week or just after the race was over and he was basically they were like hey so what do you think about the stuff that's going on over at red bull and he's like honestly it's very entertaining it's like some kardashian stuff that's happening over there yep. it's yep. gonna be great to see what happens in the next season of drive to survive and he's right on all of those accounts mm-hmm. like that is it is very entertaining it is akin to some like keeping up with the Kardashians. I mean, I think yep. we made that reference of like keeping up with the Verstappenins last, last week. Um, yep. So it's, it's right there. And yeah. And drive to survive, especially because Red Bull doesn't make themselves like available to them. Drive to survive is going to be so focused on the drama because they aren't going to have any of the real yeah. interviews and any they, of the real they story. They don't have to worry about getting blocked out. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yep. So I think it's going to be, that's something to look forward to in this off season is when that For fires sure. up in like probably what January or early February before testing starts. It's, it's going to be marvelous. So all sorts of stuff to look forward to. Uh, so over the next uh, several weeks, since there is no uh, race happening, since there are no races happening, these episodes are going to get shorter and shorter folks. So they will be uh, probably about 45 minutes at the most. So uh, keep, keep, Checking in with us, though, because we are going to have more just drama-filled speculation. Uh, to, yeah, to we're, we're going to be keeping ourselves in the loop. We'll keep all of you in the loop. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll we'll keep our, you know, the, the, the burning flame on Formula One gets turned down a little bit, but we want to keep some intensity behind it yeah. during this offseason. Hell, yeah. So stick around, and, and there will be plenty to discuss. Hell, yeah. Uh, Johnny, where can the folks find you out there in the world or on social media? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter. My handle's at Johnny Motion. Corey, where can the folks find you? I am also on Twitter still. Uh, it is. We're going to keep it going. It's- Uh, (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna carry it ourselves that's right uh, even after it implodes and (laughs) folds inwards on itself Uh, we'll see we'll see uh but i yeah i'm on uh i'm on there as burn Corey burn also do you have do you have like a list of all the other like and i've got a mastodon and i've got a what's the other one there's Uh, another hive is the other one hive there we go hive and mastodon i am uh i am burn Corey burn on all those things so wherever wherever there is social media you will find me as burn Corey burn uh and then yeah so you can also check us out on uh 
the F1 files on Twitter and the F1 files on TikTok. Those are two places that we're posting to. So check us out there. Also on Instagram, which gets a lot less attention than it probably should. So uh, reach out to us there. We are also on the Reddit. You can find us, uh, the F1 files on there. And yeah, that'll just about do it for us. But uh, folks... Make sure that you check in with us, and we will also check in with you next time. That's right. On the F1 Files. Like and subscribe and rate and review and all that stuff, too. Can't believe we haven't said anything <laughs> about that this whole time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>